Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Buenos dias and welcome to Wednesday's episode of Short Bus Debate Club. Um, today on this lighter Wednesday, we are going to talk about <laughs> sports movies. Um, Apparently, I only like the funny ones after thinking about the list. Um, well, with the exception of Bull Durham, but it, that one's kind Bull of Durham's funny. Fucking funny, dude. Yeah, yeah. Come on, we got he, he got his glove is cursed, and he's getting married, and we're trying to figure out what to get for him for the wedding. We right. got some real shit going on the mound here right now. That was a bad paraphrase, but it's not Kingpin or Happy Gilmore, but it's definitely funny. It's funny, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're talking about sports movies, um, which ones we like, I guess, probably which ones we don't, um, best golf. I don't know. It seems like most of mine are golf and baseball with the exception of goon and kingpin. No, I like the replacements. That was football. That was football. That was sort of, it was kind of like, isn't that one kind of like the longest yard a little bit or is it, uh, no, well, I guess kind of, because they had replacement players during the strike. Mm-hmm. So, but they weren't in prison or anything. Yeah, I, I, I never saw that one, so. No, it was, uh, there was a strike and there were four games left. And if they won three, they made the playoffs. So they bring this has-been quarterback that. That's Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. Crashed out in college. They bring him in. And a bunch of crazy-ass people, you know, criminals and cops and whatever to finish out the season. And, you know, it's one of those, I don't know. It's it's funny. It's supposed to be one of those feel-good stories. You know, all of the sports stories have the guy who, like, leaves in the middle and then ends up coming back and, doing great things, you know. Even as you said that, though, it occurred to me, Keanu Reeves was a quarterback twice in a sports movie then. If you you can name the other one, I'll be real fucking surprised. Well, I know he was a baseball player in hardball, so he was a pitcher. Um, But you never actually see him play football in the other one, but he was a football player. He was the quarterback for Ohio State. And in the replacements, that was the same college too. Really? Yeah. In, in Point Break, he was a. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Which is a surfing movie, so it definitely qualifies as a sports movie. Well, and I think we're talking about the first one, not the second one. Yeah, fuck the fucking second one. The second one was bullshit. It didn't inspire in the same way that Stoner fucking Keanu Reeves did back then with fucking Gary Busey. <laughs> no. But I, that was a horrible fucking movie, dude. What, one great? Yes. Yeah, I know it was, but a lot of sports movies, so like, one of the things that you sort of tapped into for a second is like, whether they leave or not, I, I don't know, but they're always overcoming something, right? Like, you just can't succeed, and then you pull something off, and then something incredible happens in relation to that. Right. Well, that's what happened in the, the Sandler football movie where the water boy. <laughs> 
because <laughs> they were all sitting there talking about it, and they're like, do you remember when he lost his pants and scored the touchdown or whatever, and he came back, and he's like, do you remember when he came back and won the won the game? No? I only watched Waterboy once. I, you couldn't make Waterboy anymore, though. Why? Because you can't have somebody pretending to be a, a down-home Southern retard anymore. I think you can. I just think people wouldn't go see it because the word retarded is taboo, which is bullshit. It means you can't do something. Um, but people can do anything. They can get a, a ribbon for their attempt. Fucking stupid. Yeah, that's field day these days. All right, sorry. No, that's that sports related too, not a movie, but. Well, maybe. All of the dipshit parents are recording them usually. Um, good job, Jimmy, for coming in 19th. You are amazing. Um, so, Darren said just before we started recording that his favorite sports movie was Bull Durham. And I love that fucking movie. Generally, at the beginning of baseball season, I watch two baseball movies. That one... And Major League. And not Major League 2 or Major League 3 because those movies are bullshit. And just, you know, Charlie Sheen trying to make a buck or the fucking studio trying to make a buck. Um, but the first Major League was awesome. But they, they even opened it up from the beginning for the part two and all that shit. Because they don't win the World Series. They just win the fucking play-in game, you know, which is just... Whatever, you know. I mean that's where when you're using the the going to a higher level as a as a tool for like you said, making shitty movies for fucking money, not not so hot. No, but that first one was awesome. I don't know how I think I've seen it probably I don't know, a hundred times. Uh, yeah, I I've I've easily seen it a hundred times. Um, I watch a lot of fucking movies over and over again. And and Bull Durham is, is kind of the same one. So I said that I only like comedies for the most part. And that, that's not entirely true. When I said that, I remembered Rocky. Um, and Rocky, you know, that was really Stallone's breakout movie. And it, he's not a good actor. But you don't say I love Rocky, probably through three, when he fought Mr. T. Clubber Lang? Yeah. Clubber Lang. Um, Clubber Lang, make your woman feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Those movies were so bad, though, because like when you look back on them, like we were kids when they were coming out, so you would get emotionally involved them in a certain way. I mean, just like we did with Major League. I mean, Maybe that's what it is, is some sort of nostalgia to it, because I still watch them. I, because I'm the political guy, you know, I mean, we're both, we both, but I like every, I love every framework like that. Like I went, I go back and watch like Rocky four every now and again, just to see like the pro propaganda components that were like plugged into the fucking film. So, well, and then like Rocky five, they threw fucking John Wayne's nephew in there. Um, what? what's his name? The dude with the glass jaw. Um, God damn it. Tommy the Duke Morrison. Oh, that was oh that was his. I didn't, that, that was John Wayne's fucking nephew. Yeah, I did not realize that. And then he tested fucking. 
positive for having AIDS like immediately after that, and that was before anybody knew anything about the medicine. It was all under wraps, and everybody was all, oh, he can't compete anymore. Well, his glass jaw was probably the reason he shouldn't have fucking competed. But <laughs> he he had a face for a movie, though. I mean, they they used that, and again, he was his acting skills were right on par with Sylvester Stallone's. They were both exceptionally. Fantastic Academy Award, almost certainly deserving actors. Now, you want to talk about a franchise that has fucking made it through the ages. Rocky is that franchise. I mean, they've gone so far now as to start. They just hired another kid. The guy from The Wire is now, what, Apollo Creed's kid? There's an, are there new ones? Because they had two. There were two. Yeah, those. T- those okay. The two are the one. Right, but so I mean that franchise started with Rocky, and went clear to fucking Creed too. Yeah, but the, like, yeah, I guess I mean they made money off of them. I guess, but that's fifty some fucking years, I, dude. I haven't watched any. I mean, I I watched five once, and I, I couldn't even believe that I watched five. You know. Oh, they're horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible movies. But I do, I do really. I think Rocky Three is still my favorite, and <laughs> my family makes fun of me because I bought that forty-five. And if any of you are under the age of thirty-five, you probably don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But there used to be records forty-fives, and you had to plug this stupid little piece in the middle to actually listen to it. Um, but the Eye of the Tiger was the the song for that movie. Dun, 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 dun. Right. And I used to fucking sing that thing and run around boxing. <laughs> and it's too bad that your parents didn't have a videotape uh, so that we could maintain that for the sake of posterity. Now, that is, I think, my sister's ringtone and my mom's ringtone for me. Yeah. Because they remember you like that. I don't know why you don't like the the more dramatic ones, dude. I, Rocky was, a, I mean, of course, like like I said, that was a part of our youth. But like, I, dude, Cinderella Man was fucking cool. Hoosiers was cool. Uh, Field of Dreams was a little over the top for me, you know. But I like the I like the stuff that has and I, time period pieces I like. So obviously, like when you're you know 50s Indiana, you know, uh, just a rougher time period. You know, uh, the fact that these kids were just little fucking farm kids that never expected to be able to do anything like that, you know, or, uh, you know, Cinderella man during the, uh, the depression, you know, I mean, he's a boxer, he hurts himself, everything goes to shit, works on the docks, comes back. And, uh, like there's a blurb at the end of it. And of course, like, this is why I like the history of Joe Lewis when he took the fucking belt away from, he got knocked down in the first round in that fight. Um, but they ended up going the distance and, um, Lewis ended up winning the fight, and he he said at the end of his career that uh, hands down, um, what the fuck was his character's name? But he, they said that he was the toughest person that he ever had to fight. So, I mean, that's that is honest overcoming. He's and because I'm sort of nostalgic and 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 affectionate towards that, you know, the working class sentimentality that like is attached to um, the character that Russell Crowe played in that film. Cinderella Man wasn't a bad movie. I don't have an issue with dramatic movies i just i don't know i have a tendency to lean toward the more comedic i guess um you know i don't think i don't think moneyball was hilarious i don't think you could even consider it a comedy that's fair that and moneyball um, is fucking awesome and i like moneyball 
Michael Lewis, he puts together really compelling questions when it has to do with numbers, especially. And you know, it's funny. So we were talking about it and I like trouble with the curve too. And I think it's funny because Moneyball is talking about strictly using computers to build a team. Yeah, algorithms and shit, yeah. And trouble with the curve is saying, fuck that, we don't need computers, we can still use scouts. And I think, now this part doesn't have anything to do with movies, but the two really kind of pointed out is that if you use both successfully, you can build a badass fucking baseball team. Um, because I think you do need computers to look at their stats and see where their swing is missing and where they're hitting, you know, whether they can hit a curve or, or the fastball. Um, but you also need a scout because you can see, you know, personality and and whether or not they crack under pressure exactly. and under certain conditions, yes. that yeah, kind of thing. Um, uh, his James J. Braddock was the name of the guy that bought him. Trouble with the Curve is a fucking awesome movie. Like, and it showed like cause he's he's going blind in it, isn't it? Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's got some weird shit where he can only see like the peripheral or something because he's running into tables and and his daughter used to go on the road with him all the time. Right. So she had like all these scout kids. She's a lawyer or something like that, right? Yeah, but she was molested, and so he sent her to boarding school by when she was the, like eight. By one of the people that was around when the stable there. person. There apparently there was a, a horse that was like the team mascot or something, uh-huh. and she loved that horse, and she went back to the stable, and, and the guy was messing with her. Yeah, they should have just killed him. According. So the movie Clint Eastwood kicked his ass, but or did something to him. They never specifically said. Okay. Um, but, but he said he the took sound care of was it. Was ultimately what because she picked up on the way that that kid was pitching and that. Yeah, because he would say, you know, go. Well, no, the the kid, the bad pitcher that they said don't pick, mm-hmm. she picked up on it mm-hmm. because he said go watch how he does this and this, mm-hmm. and she was also he was also telling her to watch the swing. Because he could apparently hear the way it hit the leather and mm-hmm. the way it hit the bat and whatever. Um, what was the name of her, the other scout? What do you mean? Um, oh, so Justin, Justin yeah, Timberlake, Timberlake was there. Yeah, that's right. Fucking goofy ass motherfucker. And he was scouting for the Red Sox while they were scouting for the Braves and it was cool. Cause they named, you know, like Chipper Jones and um, John Smoltz and, and those guys that were badass pitchers for the Braves yeah. in the nineties, the Braves had a fucking pitching squad that was maybe, fucking maybe the best, amazing, yeah, maybe the best pitching staff ever. And the fact that they, they win they win one world series, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it was cool because, it was, I think, 96. It might have been 97, but the Rockies pitching at home. Now, I know everybody's going to say, well, it's bullshit. You're at altitude and whatever. But if you took our stats, then we were second only to the Braves mm-hmm. because, well, nobody else could pitch here. But um, we, at home, had some fucking badass pitchers ourselves. Uh-huh. I think it was '97. Yeah, I, 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 boy, we we put up, we gave up a lot of runs those first few years. It was it was a tough time period there for a, for a minute. 
Yeah. It is interesting, though, because, like, and that's another cool thing about sports movies where you have these moments where you're, like, again, that's probably why I like period pieces, because you can sort of plug and play these 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 scenarios in your head where, you you, you know, you, like, he's a scout for the Atlanta Braves during this specific time period where, you know, you know, uh, those people were actively existing inside the Atlanta organization. You know, you can you can literally see like a smaller piece of the bigger puzzle that's happening at the same time in those spaces. Well, and I think, I don't know, I always end up tying shit to weird things. And and it's no longer the case because they moved to, what is it, Talking Stick Resort or whatever down in, in Tempe. Um, but the Rockies spring had training. spring training at High Corbett Field. Uh-huh. Well, the Cleveland Indians in Major League, because that was prior to the Rockies, had spring training at High Corbett Field. Which I thought was kind of cool. That, <laughs> it connect, yeah, crossing yeah. over. Well, and, and the fact is, the Rockies sucked so bad at first. You know, <laughs> looked like they might have been pulling people out of a penitentiary and putting glasses on them. You know, just to have a shot at not getting crushed. Wild thing. You make my heart sing. Um. So. Rudy, what are, dude, how can you how can you hate on? I mean, Rudy is. I mean, that is like the, and it's not about, you You already know what Notre Dame's going to do, you know, that, but the scene, you know, where they all go and put the fucking jerseys on him. His, the bitch-ass coach says, you're an All-American. I expect you to be a leader of this team. And the kid says, I am, you know? I mean, come on, man. That tugs right at the fucking heartstrings, though. I know, I know. I, and, dude, and I've seen it a bunch of times. I mean, but it's not... Like, I know this kid who got a fucking jersey, the Rudy jersey for Christmas, because and it's just too much, yeah, dude. I, dude I, I'm, look, do you think I'm ever going to wear a fucking Rudy jersey? No. I'm not over it, but I do, I do like, you know, as, as Annie or her mom would say, I'm very sacramental. Sentimental, because they can't say sentimental. But I put that on the same lines as that fucking stupid Mark Wahlberg movie where he was the bartender and he ended up being a wide receiver for the Eagles. Invincible. Horrible fucking movie. I like that movie, dude. He's a hometown kid in Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. I mean, they were, and again, like like I said, I like that time period piece. Everything's really shitty in the 70s. You know, deindustrialization. You're seeing the beginning of neoliberalism, you know, industries departing. The rust belt starting States. to dry up yeah. and yeah. really and turning into something. Pennsylvania. Right, right ground for people's bodies to be broken and for them to start doing Oxycontin and fucking overdosing, you know. I mean, <laughs> but he, you know, and, but of course, like, I'm, I'm sort of, because I, I like the history side of it and I like the, the winning moment. The thing that I, but I'm betraying myself a little bit in that space because the fact of the matter is most people could never do what it was that he did. I mean, everybody, most people are just going to continue to suffer and just crap out, you know, but I, I like a good story sometimes, you know? See, I don't know. I think a lot of those, like, if I watch a dramatic movie and I get a feeling one way or the other, whether it's laughing or crying or getting pissed off or, or whatever. I want it to feel organic. Invincible, Rudy, um, what's the one, do one for the Gipper. Those feel 
manipulative. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a movie with Kevin Costner. He's been in a lot of fucking sports movies. Wow. He was a, a bike rider, mm-hmm. but there was a, and that one was pretty good, but there was one where he, uh, that one from the early eighties. Is that was what, what was the bike rider one? What is that? That's the one I'm thinking of. And I'm pretty sure that's American, him. Was it American flyers? I don't know. Okay. I, I need to look, but he was a coach for a rundown barrio uh, running team. And that was a feel good movie that I didn't feel manipulated. It is. It's American Flyers. Yeah. And that was a good fucking movie too. Um, so, and American Flyers, I didn't feel manipulated, mystery but Rudy, Alaska. you like Mystery Alaska, absolutely. And the only funny line in that one is, "Does anybody have an idea where I could get a rubbing a tug around here?" <laughs> I like the rubbing the Yule log thing. Oh, he, okay. There's a couple other funny lines I forgot. About and then that. when that girl smashes him in the face with the shovel, that's pretty funny. That is funny. And when he's like something they called her a. <laughs> A whale, and they had to slide into her or something, and that's why she slammed him in the face and with the, the shovel. New kid, when the new kid starts talking about uh, that guy's sister's tits, and he knocks him back on that Yeah, but it's it's still dra- it's more drama than comedy. Sorry. Absolutely. So da- you were saying about the David Kelly doesn't do a lot of comedy stuff because I I confused him with Cameron Crowe and thought he did Almost Famous, but no, he did a bunch of shit like Boston Public and. He did Lake Placid too, which might have been funny. I didn't watch it because I didn't want it to run Lake Placid. Um, Is that the, that's the crocodile one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that was a fucking bad movie. Dude, that was fucking hilarious. I when, stepped on your dick though. What were you gonna say? When Oliver Platt fucking picks up his toe and he's like, "Was this your friend?" And I guess, <laughs> well, he was bigger. That was when Oliver Platt still had that. At the beginning of his career, he would say, like, with flatliners, he said all kinds of stupid shit. Oliver Platt was fucking funny back then. He was funny. Yeah. Um, no, I was just saying that, you know, Kevin Costner as, as the coach for that running team, there were a lot of emotional things that happened throughout the movie you know, the kid writing the essay and and different stuff that made it feel like a complete story as opposed to... McFarland, USA. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and I apologize for not remembering the name. We got there. Whatever. whatever. But it was a good movie. Um, and that's the difference to me is that Invincible is... Kind of like Rocky, where you know it's going to be, okay, this guy's going to be doing, he's he's trying real fucking hard, you know he's going to lose a little bit, you know and then at the end he's going to be a big winner. But, so given that context, right, it would stand a reason that if it was a show that you watched when you were, if it was your childhood, then there's a good possibility you would have liked Invincible then, because you, you admit that. Rocky was not a well. I mean, the coolest thing about the first one is that he loses still, you know, except for the fact that he comes back in the second one and then fucking right. wins. Like, but maybe okay. So I, I mentioned Kingpin briefly at the beginning. So that's a bowling movie. And very, it's, very dramatic movie. It's it's very dramatic. It's the Fairley Brothers, which I fucking love those guys. Um, but you know, 
Woody Harrelson and Randy Quaid go through this, and they're working hard the entire time. And if you guys haven't seen it and you like a laugh, you probably should check it out. It's um, a fucking funny if you like There's Something About Mary, um, then you'll like, like Kingpin. Yeah, but the, the, the gummer thing, you should like try to avoid that scene at all costs. So... <laughs> so at the end, Randy Quaid can't bowl anymore, and Woody Harrelson steps up to do it. And you think, based on the sports equation that Hollywood has developed, that he's going to win. And he doesn't fucking win. He loses, and he loses his rubber hand. And Yeah, that some guy ends up fucking brooming it and handing it to him after everybody leaves. Yeah, I'm sorry I fucked that up. Um, but it's a it's a funny movie, and it doesn't absolutely follow that equation. You know, dodgeball doesn't either. No, not a fucking funny joke. Diocho. Yeah. Hello. Uh, the following movies need to be returned. <laughs> Backdoor slits seven. Something and Mona Lisa smile. It's funny how much like uh, sports movies uh, pick. I mean, I don't know like how other countries would respond to our sports movies because they're very curtailed for the U.S. audience. But it's funny how much like certain things permeate the American consciousness with with regards to like you're killing me, Smalls. I don't know how many times in my life I've heard that fucking line, you know. And that's from Sandlot. Everybody fucking knows that's from the Sandlot. I mean, it's there, you know. People say that to me all the time. And not just people I know. Like, just random fucking people. Idiots would say, show me the money. We're not going to talk about that one anymore because that's just a goofy fucking movie. Yeah. and Best picture? I mean, I can't believe they gave, they gave that best picture that year. There's, there's a million things that are fucking better than that. Ooh, awful. Bad. I didn't realize it got best picture because I don't follow that shit, but I didn't like that movie. I I would venture a guess and say that that is probably one of the reasons why you don't follow that shit because it's a popularity contest most of the time. So, Yeah, Jerry Maguire, not good. Any given Sunday I liked, but that was Oliver Stone. Yeah. You know, I like Oliver Stone's stuff. I don't think... And maybe there's something he did that I don't like, but you know, he he generally does a pretty good job, whether it's a sports movie or a spy movie or or whatever. But they sometimes he 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 wants to be so over the top in a moment that it just gets uh the 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 quarter or the uh, linebacker in the movie wasn't that's that's what's his name uh, Taylor uh the the one that played for the Giants yeah he so the, he did actually have him and then the I get the point. Like you're, you're, you're trying to say that these are this guy's willing to hurt his body to get, you know, the the extra money. But it just seemed the way that it was presented, and with all the different people in it, with Jamie Fox and with fucking uh, uh, Al Pacino, um, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, there were a lot, a lot of big fucking and Cameron Diaz at that time period. I think it cost like twenty million to put her in anything. You know, she was the highest paid female actress in in the, in the U.S. at least at that point. Like that one just was. It was just too fucking over the top for me. Like it just, it seemed uh, sometimes he gets a little bit hyperbolic, and I, I agree. I, I mean, JFK and uh, 
um, of course, like natural born killers. I mean, that's our, that's our childhood for sure. But natural born killers, honestly, is I, on some level, I, I understand why uh, old boy would take his name off. Of you it. thought Tarantino had justification in being pissed. Well, if it deviate, if they're not at least talking about the, the ideas and Tarantino's a guy who knows enough about the history of film there, it was not an accident that it tied back to Badlands in the same way that the way that true romance was, was written tied back to Badlands. I mean, he was obviously like, just saw that sissy's basic thing and, uh, Martin Sheen and just like, like he was fixated on it as far as film is concerned during that time period in his life. But that hyperbolic positioning, I see like true, like Tony Scott, the way that he did it in true romance, it wasn't so over the top. Oh, Oliver Stone always tends to be like he, with JFK. It's two hours and 45 minutes of every, and he, he did his research. He looked at everything that he could find on that conspiracy theory side of things. And it's not like it's one cogent, you know, can see he, he implanted every little position that he could in terms of the conspiracy theory. And I just get that. I get the same feeling from any given Sunday that I do from, and I, the presentation was not as, it just seemed hokey to me. That's all. That's no, that's fair. I mean, I, I liked it. I don't love it. I don't think I would put it in my top 10 sports movies. I don't even know if like, you know, not that I do this anymore because everything's streaming, but I don't think if I was looking at the the digital guide on TV, if it said any given Sunday, I don't even it. know if I'd click on it. Um, you know, there, there were a lot of, and I don't know, there was a, a TV show on HBO called First and Ten that was a yeah. football show. Yeah. Chris, Chris, or Chris uh, Collinsworth was on there before he became a big. That was fuck. Well, no, not the not the commentation, not the. It was a different thing then. Um, you're thinking of inside the NFL. As well. Yeah, you're yeah. thinking of inside the NFL. Yeah. Uh-huh. First and Ten was a uh, a show. It was on HBO back. I want to say early '90s. Um, but it was a half hour comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fucking awesome. It was a great football show. And I know we're talking about movies, but no, that's fine. Maybe. I just wanted to kind of, you know, give you an idea at Who first and 10. I can't even remember, dude. It just made you, but it was comedy. You said, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You said earlier, you didn't see sea biscuit. I think you should see sea biscuit. I, I, that's a super fucking cool movie, dude. A lot of weird shit happens to all the people in it, and I get, get away. Toby Maguire is kind of an idiot in a lot of the films that he does, but I really thought he did a very good. Jeff Daniels, I'm a sucker for, generally speaking, because uh, because he's the dude, and the dude abides, right? Right. And uh, another, another good bowling movie. The, where's the money, Lebowski? And I don't know if you can actually call it a bowling movie. It was earlier than that. It was 84, dude. Just like I don't know if you can consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yeah, okay. So it was 10 years before that. 84 to 91 it ran. So it had the big goofy guy from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, me. Um, So I, I like that show. Um maybe that's because of the comedy thing, but you know, you mentioned like international, how they would respond to our, our sports mm-hmm. movies. Um, 
there was a movie, and I don't know if you can consider it a sports movie or not, but Green Street Hooligans was a fucking badass movie. It was just about soccer hooligans. Where? In Great Britain. Okay. Like, yeah, the hooligans. Okay. Yeah. And apparently Green Street has, I don't know, I can't remember if they followed fucking West Ham or, you know, whatever, sure. but it was fucking badass. Of Maybe that was more of a gang movie. I'm not sure. But if it, it was sports related, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If, and if it shows something about, I think that the concept of fans in relation to sh- sh- uh, sports is is just as important as the actual sports themselves. You know, like draft day is it's still about the people that are in general management and for the Cleveland Cleveland uh, Browns. Browns. Yeah, but uh, there's so much fan interaction. You don't even see a you don't even see a the the end of the movie is the first snap after the draft. You don't ever see even a fucking football play played. Right. It's okay. just about the the culture surrounding what happens on the day of draft, you know, and Costner again, because Costner's really, really probably the most prolific sports actors in the history of this country. He might be one of my favorite actors, period. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched Yellowstone yet. I need to watch Yellowstone. But uh, either way, the the fans are always sort of in the periphery, and it talks about how the GMs do what they do, and they have to respond to the fan base, because there's this moment where uh, uh, the Seattle fans are out. Like, they, they make a trade, a really fucked up trade, um, but the Seattle fans are out um, uh, inside the gates and there's like, they got the general manager, like this doll of the general manager, you know, hanging from a, you know, if you don't fix this, then we're going to fucking kill you kind of thing. So I, I, I think that the fans are, you know, anything, is there anything in the U S where we did that was based on like fan positions in relation to sports that you could think of? I can't, I can't at all, but I, I think that, I think that qualifies as a sports move for sure. Maybe I'll have to watch it now. What was it called again? Green Street Hooligans. Yeah, Hooligans. That reminds me of uh, that Eurotrip movie. Yeah, Eurotrip, but not a sports movie, but definitely the soccer hooligans are yeah. there. And they they uh, they were Manchester United yeah. fans. Yeah. And they did that because that in the U.S., nobody knows about anything other than Man U. For, I mean, unless you're a true football fan. Well, I'm not, football. but I watched the IT crowd, so there was some talk of football and that, um, and some other British shows. The, you were in Romania. I mean, they're, if you're anywhere in Europe, they, they're, they're... I was football. in Romania a lot, but you know what was weird is that I found Bronco fans in Romania. When I went to uh, China, it was right after the Broncos had won the Super Bowl, and I had a Broncos like uh, it, it was it was too too hot for a coat, but I had a Broncos sweat jacket, and not one person in all of China made a comment about nobody in China knows anything about football. You know what? I just lied. I I didn't do it on purpose. I was in Romania, but the Bronco fans that I found were not Romanian. They were from Great Britain, um, because you know they do the. What is it? The first Monday night game they do in yeah, the UK. Do, yeah, there's 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 three that they do that day. They do an early one, a late one, and then one in the UK. Yeah. So um, that's how they got to be American football fans as opposed to football. Did we ever? Did the Broncos ever? Yeah. We did a game over there. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Um, I want to say 
2014. I wonder, did we score a touchdown? Because I don't think we scored maybe more than one this entire year so far. I don't know. Not to kick anybody while they're down, you know. <laughs> Trade the fucking world for fucking old Russell Wilson and you get nothing in return. Um, so what's your favorite? Favorite sports of all time? Sports movie? I don't know. Three. You get three. So then I'm not pinning you down on... No, dude, I love Bull Durham. Mm-hmm. I love Major League. And I love Caddyshack. Caddyshack. I, I, I would have shit myself if you didn't say Caddyshack. So, yeah. And I do, I'm not going to put it in my top 10 or anything, but I do actually like Caddyshack too. It took me a little bit, but, you know, Randy Quaid's hilarious. Um, Chevy Chase can yeah, it's it was kind of funny, and it basically told all those rich people to fuck off because they turned the country club into a fucking amusement park, basically. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> so, sometimes you gotta eat the rich <laughs> at the golf course. Yeah, Caddyshack is definitely there. Um, you know, so I said, "Hey, Llama, how about a little something for the effort?" He said, oh, there will be no money. But when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So I've got that going for me, which is nice. It's always about, it's always about the laughs. Dude. The laughs are good. Bill Murray's fucking hilarious. He really, he really is one of my favorite actors of all time. I'm glad that fucking like he developed such a good relationship with Wes Anderson because... That really put him back on the map in a different way that uh, it revives a lot of those old things that he did when he was young, you know. He, I'm glad he did the Wes Anderson stuff. You know, Steve Sizu is awesome. Um, Zisu. Oh, sorry. Um, I wish I could get a pair of those fucking superstars. I just want, I just want the, the helmets that pipe in music. Yeah. Um, but... And I'm glad they finally did it before Ramus died. But that breach that was caused somewhere after What About Bob, I think, between him and Harold Ramus really? was kind of sad. That does suck because they did do a ton of shit together that was pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, and that, that also does not have shit to do with sports movies. But Bill Murray is fucking a badass. Um no matter what. And I think that was the only sports movie he was ever in. Yeah. Well, no, because he was in Kingpin, too. Oh, yeah. He's the he's the bad guy. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. With the really good hair. Yeah. That <laughs> the, the big co- fucking comb over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, oh, that's right. He caused him to lose his hand in the first place because they were working together. I guess anybody, if you didn't see it, I just totally blew everything for you. Well, yeah, you between me saying all the stuff I said and, and Darren just now, hey, Kingpin's fucked up for you. I'm going to promise you, though, that it's the execution that makes the film, you know. But I'm still going to tell you to stay away from the Gummer scene, for sure. I don't, what Gummer scene are you talking he, about? He's, uh, Woody Harrelson uh, needs to get his rent taken care of. Right. And the old lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reminds you of the boobs from what about or, or um, uh, the something about Mary? You yeah. Know? Oh, 
That's something that should never, ever make it onto the... Well, that's the same lady. It, it, that's what I thought. I, I couldn't remember for sure. <laughs> yeah, same same lady. Um, so what are your favorite three? Uh, I, I, Bull Durham. And that was I was a latecomer to that. I didn't really like it when I was a kid as much. But, uh, you know, I mean, if you fucking love baseball and you don't love Bull Durham, then you don't love baseball. Sorry, fuck off. Get the fuck out of town, you know? And because I think that sometimes... The, the smaller spaces where it, where it occupies. Actually, the, there's a truck driver that picks mail up on Wednesdays at my place. And uh, he had recently traveled his wife down. So he's about six months away from retirement. So they traveled down to the south for a couple of weeks. And they were looking for a good place to live. And they went through Tennessee. Because they want to go to a place where their money's going to go a little bit further. And in Colorado, money goes nowhere. And they ended up going to Asheville. Um, no, North it Carolina. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was a South. It was a. They did go to Asheville, but there was a South Carolina, little South Carolina city that they ended up in, and uh, they had a, a a minor league team, like a, an a, it's like an A team. I mean, it was like nothing, you know. And uh, they went to a game, and it was ten bucks to sit right, you know, on the edge. And like when he was talking to me about that, to sort of organically be connected to the idiosyncrasies of you know people that are trying to do something like that. Uh, something like that, meaning become major league players where there's, it's still quite a ways away from them, but it's sort of like, you know, and how heart, heart wrenching that can be, you know, but how beautiful it is at the same time. Uh, I, I, I love that. But uh, I think it's okay. But like, I've been to a lot of minor league games because I was like renting out suites or, you know, doing whatever. So I did one in Vegas a couple of times and that was fucking horrible because it's just, hot as hell um but i got a couple of suites at the the bees um stadium in salt lake no that wasn't bad um and those guys they really do try hard but there's a lot of fucking zero one type games where there's not a lot of a lot of action i'm more talking like the romantic like aspect, like the, the, the soliloquy that opens the film where uh, Susan Sarandon's, you know, talking about the baseball and her love of it and the mystery of it and all that kind of shit. Like that's and, and I think that what what's encapsulated, of course, not in the one moment by moment activities, you know, but in, you know, those spaces that those those that Boulderm fills, you know, so that that's definitely there. Uh, Hoosiers is and that's my number one of, of all time. I don't I don't know why I just. Uh, I fucking super dig on that one. And other than that, it would be, I, I'm going to cheat here and I'm going to say it would be a tie between Cinderella Man, Seabiscuit, and Rudy. I just can't believe you hate on Rudy, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Cinderella Man, probably, though. I just really like that time period place stuff. And, and like people that are real and just fucking just try, you know, and just say, what? I mean, I'm a. I'm a Marxist, you know, throw caution to win. Say, fuck it, what fucking happened, you know? There are other people I know that are confused and doubt me on the the Rudy thing. Um, but... Well, we like what we like. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't really fucking matter, you know? I, I always, when I watch it, I still laugh because John Favreau is like, 17 or yeah, something on that movie. Child. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny to just look back on how much everything has changed, you know? Um, Sean Aston is not uh, uh, Frodo Baggins' buddy. No. I, I don't know. Maybe that's the problem that I have with it, is that 
Maybe I saw Encino Man before Rudy. He was an Encino Man? Wasn't Sean Astin Dude, the I, guy? I never watched the whole Encino Man. Any Anything that had Polly Shore in it just made me want to, as my daughter would say, KMS. Dude, Polly Shore... Maybe we should do a podcast on Pauly Shore movies. I would, I would rather not. I would really not desire to have any meditate on anything that has to do with with Pauly, with Pauly Shore. There are so many good ones though, dude. Moneyball that's really fucking good. Yeah, it is Sean Astin. Yeah. Okay, I was a little concerned that maybe I had fucked that up. Um, and one of the Deloise brothers is in it. Um, but maybe that's the problem that I've got with Rudy is that I saw Encino Man first and I just thought it was shit. I, I don't know. It, it, I, it's just not there. Yeah, um, we like what we like. If you don't have the emotional, if you don't have an emotional attachment to a, a sports movie that cannot be manufactured artificially. Right. And they try really fucking hard. Um, okay. So we're coming up on 45 now, you know, let us know what movies you like. Let us know what topics you want to cover. Let us know what kind of idiots we are. That's a true statement. Because um, we are fucking idiots. Yeah, join us on the short bus. Um, all right. Twitter, short bus debate. TikTok, short bus debate club. Phone number. 720-334-ROLL. Let's roll. Uh, see you later. And don't forget to listen to us Friday when we talk about President Joe Biden and his pardons. Lukewarm fucking marijuana reforms. Woohoo!